You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Hallelujah. Well, thank you all for being here this evening. We just believe that God has something good in store. And thank you for watching those of you that are, are watching there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, I tell you, I'm, I'm glad for the weather change. I'm glad for all of the nice coolness. And like I said, if it's going to be cool and cloudy, I want it to rain. So we're believing for that. Hallelujah. Amen. And, uh, you know, we thank God for his goodness and grace. And so we're glad that we uh, got a lot of things accomplished ahead of time. Hey, if you have your, your Bibles, if you would go ahead and turn with me to uh, John Actually, actually, go to John chapter 1. We're going to just go to some things. I just want to share some things about what I feel that we need to be stirring ourselves up on. You know, we've had so many distractions. How many of you know that? So many things pulling at us. We've got, and, and we have to stand up and, and declare and talk and, uh, and, and bring some clarity and sanity to our world. But we also got to make sure that we're maintaining our relationship and fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, and also, we need to know what is truth. And, uh, you know, as I was just kind of praying this afternoon and just uh, meditating before the Lord, just studying and looking and seeing and reading, you know, some things just began to come up. And I said, Lord, what is, what is, the, you know, what is the message for the hour? What is, the, what is the word that you want to get? I, I believe there's a word that God wants to bring forth. I believe there's a song that God wants to bring. I believe there's songs and words in heaven that they're talking about that we need to have on the earth. I believe that. I believe that there are things that we can tap into and take hold of. And we have tapped into a lot of stuff. And, and, and just, just really seeing God's hand. So I'm like, you know, it, it's, it's a whole new, uh, it's exciting. I mean, I'm excited because I'm just kind of fellowshipping with God. I have no preconceived ideas. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm studying for, I'm putting together a whole teaching on the life of Christ because that, that's a thing I'm going to be doing for 12 hours uh, for the school in New Zealand. And then I've been asked to do some other things for Thailand stuff or you know, some different things that they, they're making mention of. So, But I'm I putting together uh, some stuff. And so, uh, you know, when you're studying, it's, a, it's just fun. Because you're just studying. Now, I mean, it'd be fun to you, but it's fun to me because I'm a teacher, I'm a pastor, so it's fun. And so I love to go through things and look at things, and so I can get lost in a lot of stuff. And then I can get uh, tons of pages. You know, I've got 54 pages right now. And uh, uh, so that's going to be pretty good for 12 hours, you know. But I'm still reading three other books that, are, that I'm reading about it because there's just so much about the life of Jesus. It's pretty cool uh, when you look at it. But the reason I say that is that, but I say, God, you know, there's a, there, is a, there is something you want the church to be saying into the earth today. Amen? And uh, he, he just began to just mention and just in my heart, you know, just not speaking audibly or anything like that, but just on my spirit and the inside of me is that, well, he goes, it's what I've always wanted to go out. You need to make sure that people are bringing forth truth, the message of truth. You know, in John uh, 1, verse 17, it says, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad for grace? Thank God for grace. We don't get what we deserve. Hallelujah. I mean, we get blessed with what we don't deserve. Amen. Thank God for mercy and grace. 
But what does it mean to have a message of truth? You know, John 8.32 says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free or make you free. See, when you know the truth of something, it changes your life. You know, I had the, I had the privilege of just talking to the youth down there uh, because they're doing about uh, student leadership and having parents come in and stuff. And one of the main emphasis that Cameron and I have been talking about is that I want to get these kids so rooted and grounded so that when they do go off to college or they do go out into the workforce, people don't persuade them and they lose their faith. It's amazing that people can get knowledge and knowledge can wipe out truth. Amen? All of us, you know, we, we were taught how to un- be unbelievers. We were taught how to be negative. We were taught... You know, you can take, I can take a little four-year-old kid and tell him, guess what, man, behind this curtain, it's not even a curtain, it's a wall, but he thinks it's a curtain, and behind that curtain, behind that wall, we got Barnum and Bailey Circus, we got elephants, lions, and tigers, I mean, we got everything, we got the flying trapeze, I mean, we got monkeys, I'm telling you, oh, it's awesome, do you want to go see it? They are going to follow me, and they're going to run and tear the thing down. See, I did children's church for a while, okay? And uh, I know how to keep a crowd. And get kids, you say, hey, guess what? We got this going on here. And, you know, and they're, because they believe that. Now you all know that the offices are back there. <sighs> and you all know that that ain't big enough for Barnum and Bailey Circus <laughs> or for the elephant. See, we, we, but see, we as, as the body of Christ and as believers, and as we grow in the things of God, our imagination and our faith ought to be even bigger than it was when we were four or five. Our ability to believe and to get excited about what God can do. See, the message of truth is, is, you know, John 17, 17 says, he said, Lord, sanctify them with your truth. You know, that's what Jesus is praying. Lord, Father, sanctify them with the truth. Thy word is truth. Amen? Aren't you glad you know the truth? It see, it's, it's, it simply amazes me that once you know something, something that's worked in your life, and, and I get this out of time, well, how do you know that the way you believe is the truth? I said, well, because it's what the Word of God says, number one. Number, but the second thing is because it works, because it produces results. Amen? Amen. See, because not only do we have a message of truth, but we've got a message of power, authority, power. Dunamis, exousius. Exousius is authority. Dunamis is, 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 is power. It's something, when we've got both of that, we have authority and we have power. When we speak, we have words of power. When Jesus spoke, he had words of power. When Jesus spoke, people fell down. Amen? See, when you know the truth, the truth will have power. Truth will always override the lies. They will. Because truth produces results. Go over to Romans chapter one with me. Go to Romans chapter one. I'll give you several scriptures because I want you to understand. I want you to understand how valuable the word of God is. How valuable is this time? And what is the word that God wants? God still wants us to come forth with truth. What is the truth? Jesus loves us. Jesus died for us. God's not mad. That's the truth. That Jesus died. That Jesus is still the Savior. Jesus is still the healer. Jesus is still the provider. Amen? God's still God. He hasn't changed. None of this has changed God. None of this has caught God off surprise, uh, by surprise. He's still God. He's still the same God as he always has been. He's still full of power. He's still full of truth. Amen? 
we got to grab a hold of that because what happens is we can all get weary in well-doing. Say, yeah, but look at this. Look, yeah, I know. Look at that. But let's just begin to get God's voice on the subject. Because how many of you remember when Genesis 1-1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1-2 says, and the earth was without form and was void, which means that there wasn't. Well, God doesn't create anything without form and void. And it talks about that the Spirit of God was hovering over, waiting for God to say something so he could do something. Do you know what? The Spirit of God is waiting for you to say something so he can do something in your life. Amen? The Spirit of God, hallelujah, he can, make, he can, he can take your chaos and make, make it into a good thing. He can take your mess, hallelujah, and make it a great message. <laughs> Amen? He can begin to change and to transform and to do things. Here in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the law or for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Aren't you glad what we believe changes everything? Amen. What we believe changes everything. Hallelujah. It just changes the, the circumstances. It changes everything around. You know, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 5 says this. It says, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. He said it didn't come in word only. See, we preach a lot about things, but we need to taste and see that the Lord, God can deliver you. God can set you free. Yes. Amen? Yeah. Amen? I mean, you know, the, the Bible says that, um, you know, well, Luke 4.18, you know, our scripture right here, Jesus said, I'm anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. Well, that's poor in spirit. That's poor in everything. He was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. What else was he anointed? He was anointed to heal the brokenhearted. You know, you know how many people are brokenhearted and, and, and in distress and how, I mean, there is so much mind-hearted, mind things that are going on. And there's also, brokenhearted is not your spirit. Your spirit can't get broken, but your soul can. And your spirit and your soul are so connected together that it can just, it can cause all kinds of difficulty. Because the only thing that can divide between your soul and your spirit is the word of God. Amen? We know that. The Bible says, the word of God says in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder the soul and the spirit, the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Amen? The, The joints and the marrow. Amen? So it's the only thing that can divide between the soul and spirit is the word of God. But your soul can get hurt. You can get so, well, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. There's so many people that are brokenhearted because things aren't going the way they need to go. This isn't happening. It just looks like this is impossible. But I'm, you know, faith is for the impossible, not the possible. Faith is to believe what God said is true and to believe that what God's speaking to your heart, let's do it. Amen? Let's let God be God in our lives. Hallelujah. Amen? See, the word of God, not only like we have a message, God says it's still a message of truth, it's still a message of power. You remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2? Because he, he was talking there, and man, I wish he would have kept going, but the Corinthians were a carnal bunch, so he couldn't do that in chapter 3. But in verse, chapter 2 and verse 4 and 5, he said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and with power so that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. 
See, the power of God and the power of God, Romans says, is the gospel. It's the good news. It's the word of God. So it's speaking the word of God, taking scripture and letting them explode on the inside of us. Amen? Letting them, see, because what God does is he gets the word of God in you and it explodes on the inside and then it affects you on the outside. See, you'll never get victory on the outside until you have victory on the inside. You'll never have peace on the outside until you have peace on the inside. He always works from the inside out. Amen? You know, always does that. He always does those things there. Because all of a sudden, you see it before it comes to pass. And you see it on the inside of you. That changes everything. And we see the power of God. We see the power of God happening in the book of Acts. We see the disciples praying. We see the disciples praying so they can have boldness. Amen? Supernatural boldness. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. And it's not that we're brash or that we're trying to say, look at us. But hey, Peter said this. He said, look on us. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ. of Rise up and walk. Amen. Hallelujah. Just let the power and the presence of God. Now, how many of us would have that boldness to do that? I knew that would go over real big, but that's okay. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Because here's the thing. In Acts chapter 4, what did the disciples do? After Acts chapter 3, the lame man at the gate, beautiful, got, that was when Peter was there. They got healed. So he gets, and so Peter and John get called on the carpet or get called in front of the Sanhedrin, get called in front of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And so they tell them, hey, why have you brought this? We've told you not to preach this man's name and you've brought this man you know, before us. What are we going to do? And so they, they threaten them and said, don't, don't preach no more in the name of Jesus. Don't preach no more in this. And of course, Peter and John said, hey, we've got to obey God. But when they left, they came. And in Acts chapter four, verse 23, it says, and being let go, they went to their own company. Aren't you glad for the company you got? I'm glad for Harvest Bible Church. I'm glad for the Spirit of Faith. I'm glad for folks that are believing God. Amen? And so they went to their own company, and they began to tell what the chief priests and elders had said unto them. They said, and then with one accord, they all lifted up their voice to God. They began to pray, and they said, Lord, behold their threatenings. And they began to say things and say, listen, you are God. They began to magnify God. Behold, all they said was behold their threatening. Then they turned around and said, you are God. You're the creator of heaven and earth and all that in them is. And you've hands been upon it. And you were the one that designed it. And you're the one that did all these things there. Now, they said, now, Lord, grant unto your servants that with all boldness we can speak the word. Hallelujah. Stretch forth your hand to heal. Then that mighty signs and wonders will be done in the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And the very next verse says, and the place was shaken where they were assembled together. Amen. They acknowledge, hey, behold their threatenings, but God, you are God. Amen. Because how many of you know that we serve a supernatural God? That it's not natural. We serve a supernatural God. We're a supernatural church with a supernatural God with a message of the supernatural, not spooky natural, but supernatural. Okay. It's the supernatural where God just changes things. God does things. God supernaturally does stuff. He makes things and he changes things. See, the supernatural, you preach the gospel to the poor. You heal the brokenhearted. You set the captives free. There are so many people held in bondage of fear. And and if you can get them to see differently, if you can just get them to see differently and look around them, it'll change their lives. 
And don't think that what you know, they know. Because they don't. And don't think that, oh, well, I don't want to push them. Listen, you need to set them free. If they're stuck and they want to be set free, glory to God, they'll let you set them free. It's amazing. Now, you know, I like to watch videos uh, of different things, but one of the ones that just I like to watch is where you see animals that are stuck and they're fighting and then somebody's trying to get them unstuck in a net or unstuck out of a fence or unstuck. But it's so amazing that when the animal realizes that he's actually trying to help, they stop trying to hurt him, trying to hurt the person that's trying to help him. See, in the world's the same way. Once they know you're not out to hurt them, they're going to stop and say, oh, go ahead, help. I do want to get delivered from here. <laughs> they don't even know they need delivered. Okay? They don't even know they need it, but they need it so bad. Yes. See, you know, Acts 10.38, we'll talk about setting the captives free. It says, Acts 10.38 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. God anointed him. And so God's anointing you and I. It's that same thing. So when, when in Luke 4.18, I'm going to go back to that because when it talks about that you know, the, spirit, you know, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because God has anointed me. Listen, the same spirit that was on Jesus is on you. Romans 8.11, right? If that same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you. It'll quicken your mortal body. It'll make you alive. It's that same spirit. Amen? So that same spirit. And then 2 Corinthians 4.13, that says, but we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, they believed and therefore they spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. We got the same spirit of faith. We got the same Holy Spirit, the same spirit. He didn't give us, he said, I'm going to give you someone just like me. Amen. Another comforter. So we see this. So we see somebody that we can heal the brokenhearted. Man, and that's, that's just been on my heart because there's so many things going on right now. And we're going to pray for one, a, a young lady at the end of the service here that we're believing God. And her life is hanging in the balance here. Uh, you know, it, and I'll let you know a little bit about that in a minute. But, but it, it's just, you know, because my heart just goes out because we've been praying. We've been believing. We've been, you know, and, and, and standing. And then we're going to continue to stand until we let see that God be God. But the, 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 it just breaks your heart when you know it doesn't have to be. But not only that, there are so many people that are held in captive and bondage because of fear, but also because they just don't know. You know, they just don't know that they can be set free. They just don't know it. I mean, God wants to set them free. He truly does. You know, and then it talks about that, uh, you know, we're going to get recovery of sight to the blind. Recovery of sight to the blind. Those, those that have been blinded by a lot of things. And how many you know that we've got a whole world out there that's blinded? How many you know we've got a lot of Christians that are blinded? They just can't see. They can't see past some things. Amen? And they want to, you know, change over here, do these things here. And it's so amazing when you, when you think about their mindset. Amen. And then it goes on to say that we're going to set at liberty them that have been bruised. You know, we got a wounded world out there. They've been bruised. They've been beat up. They've been yelled at. They've been, and that's why you got so many people thinking God's mad at and thinking God doesn't care. You know, that's probably one of the greatest messages we could ever give to anybody is to say, guess what? God's not mad at you. Take a deep breath. God's not mad at you. No matter how ugly you were before you got here tonight. All you got to do is repent. God's not mad at you. He, he knows you're just flesh. And he wants to take care of you. He wants to change you. 
See, we've got a message of the supernatural that changes things. And it's not that we're not dealing with the natural. It just simply means we're not bound by natural things. See, that thing when it talks about set it in liberty of them that are bruised, it's really talking about people that have been beat up by tyranny, beat up by leadership, beat up by people, and they just don't trust anybody anymore. And of course, you know, we know we're supposed to trust God, love people. You know, you can get really messed up when you love God and trust people. That just wipes you out. It's not a good thing. Amen? Because how many you know God is a God of not only the supernatural, but he's a God of the miraculous? See, I'm, I'm hungering after God for the supernatural, the miraculous, and we see things. We're watching God do stuff, but it's just knowing his power, his presence that changes us. Amen? Because it wants to. He really does. He really, really does. I remember <laughs> I got mad at a guy one time because I was de- dealing with, um, well, I was a regional director for Raymond Ministerial Association International, which is the ministerial organization that I, I'm ordained through. And, uh, uh, of course, the Harvest Bible Church is its own entity, and I'm ordained through Harvest Bible Church. But, but they're, they're a, a, an organization that I'm a part of and been a part of for, for many, many years. Helped start the whole thing in 1985. Uh, was on the committee that actually put the whole ministerial organization together. And now we, you know, we have 85,000 people. So, you know, graduates and things like that. And I don't know exactly how many is in RMAI, but uh, a lot. And so anyways, I was the regional director. So I had Pennsylvania, uh, New York, and then all six of the New England states, plus Nova Scotia, and then Canada from the Pennsylvania line all the way north. That was my territory, the largest in all of the United States. So, uh, and I'd drive that territory at least once a year and go visit everybody in there. I had 127 different ministers and uh, pastors and teachers, ministers and missionaries that I was responsible for to encourage, to strengthen, to help. And at one time, uh, because of what was going on, I was actually pastoring three churches. That'll just drive you nuts. In fact, I was coming and going so much that I actually missed one flight. I was, had one in Maine, had two in, 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 in Pennsylvania, and I was trying to help another one in Canada. And it was like, whew, and I forgot which flight I was supposed to be on and what time it was supposed to go. But one of the ones, the churches that was there, uh, we had a big meeting because a lot of pastors, they're awesome. They can preach, they prophesy, they do really good, but they're really lousy at accounting. And uh, really lousy at uh, people, being people persons and stuff. And I love them all, but, but, you know, graduating from the school we graduated, they just taught us how to preach. They taught us how to go and just do it. Bless God, I got faith. Let's just jump out there. But they, these other guys never ran a business, and a church is a business. You know that, right? Hallelujah. So when I was trying to fix things, but one guy kept saying, well, it's, this is a supernatural church. And it's a super, and he just kept saying, it's a supernatural church with supernatural people. I mean, he said that a hundred times. And finally, I said, you know what? It is. But the supernatural is not the problem. It's the natural thing that's getting you going to go to jail for. I said, I'm glad that then supernaturally, we're going to have to believe God to get you not to go to jail. You ready for this? <laughs> so, and thank God we were able to help him and he didn't have to go, but we got everything. But, uh, you know, so you can run, you can take this word supernatural, you can take this word miraculous, and you can kind of throw them out like, oh, look at that, isn't that nice? But listen, when you understand the word of God, and when you understand what supernatural actually means, 
Hallelujah. That it means that God can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can even ask or think. And it's according to the power that works within us. And that super God can just turn something around like that. He can cause you to, things to get forgiven. He can cause things to change. He can cause hearts to change. He can just, he can get people to get saved and changes their whole nature. Amen? You can begin to see it and see what transpires in it. So when I say that we've been given the supernatural uh, uh, ministry to do or a message of the supernatural, it's simply, hey, now what? Nothing's impossible with God. Wait a minute, we got to pray. It's so funny. I remember I like I like sports too. So I was watching. I was watching, and of course this will date me, but I was watching uh, three of the older golf guys. They were doing uh, kind of a skins thing. If you understand what it is, they're playing. All. But anyways, these three guys get up there, and the one guy hits the ball. It's a par three, and he hits a hole in one. And so you're just like, oh! And everybody else, the announcers, and everybody's like, oh, well he wins. And, and, and here's the thing about it. The other two guys said, well, wait a minute. We haven't hit yet. Wait a minute. We're going to knock it in too. I'm thinking, you know, I mean, the odds of that are, you know, millions to one. But it was so funny because, and, and the funny thing about it is both of these guys plus the ones that were the professional players, we said, wait a minute, man. These guys, so-and-so and so-and-so, they haven't hit yet. You can't give it to them because they haven't hit yet. And they could do the same. See, we think just because we see something that, wow, that's, a, that's something that doesn't happen very often, or that's a, man, we think, wait a minute, wait a minute, I haven't had my chance yet. Wait a minute, God hasn't had his chance yet. That's the bigger thing. Wait a minute, God's about to come on the scene. Wait a minute, now this is a good time for God to show up. You're going to need a miracle. We need a miracle. Yeah, it's a good time for God to show up. We need the supernatural. It's a good time for God to show up. Amen? It's a good time for God to show up. See, because that's where faith comes in. See, that's where believing God comes in. Because God told us we need to walk in this. We need to expect God to do supernatural things in our life all the time. Turn to that. We need to believe that we're at the right place at the right time, that we're walking in the spirit of God. We're walking in truth. We're walking by faith. And we're going to receive all that God has. Amen? See, because here's one of the biggest things about faith. And faith isn't so much you know, what you say, and even though it talks about faith, you know, got a confession, all these different things. Faith is believing that God will. Faith has nothing to do with believing God can. Everybody in the world believes God can. But that has nothing to do with faith. Faith believes God will, and he will do it for me. God will. See, the minute you stop believing God will, you stop having faith. See, we look at this, yeah, but you look at this. Is it ever going to go back to normal? Never. Never. It's going to get better. It's supernatural. God's going to do things, I mean, supernatural, miraculously, powerfully, glory to God. You're going to see the hand of God. There's going to be signs and wonders take place. Amen. In your everyday life, you're going to see signs and wonders. You're going to see angels come down and grab a hold of people's tongues. And they're going to, they're going to help you and prevent you from doing things. God's going to speak to you. And it's going to change. 
I just had, had a supernatural, real great phone call today from somebody who was very much terrified they were going to lose their job. They were told they were going to get fired. They were going to lose their job. And so we prayed and we talked. You know, and of course, I gave them uh, you know, a religious exemption form and we talked and prayed. And I prayed for them. And I was praying because they're precious. I got the call today and tears of joy. Tears of joy that uh, uh, the state accepted the exemption letter and she gets to keep her job and everything's cool and she there she's fine doesn't have to do anything hallelujah and that's just one of several that have already just happened that people have talking but it's like you know and it just blessed my heart just thrilled my heart just was so thankful you know because praise god because that's something that was very dear and very special to the, to her and it was a blessing and it worked because she stood her ground and said, no, I'm not going to do this. Amen? Because it was something she just knew in her heart that she wanted, she had to stand for. And thank God she did. See, we, everybody wants miracles. They want the supernatural. They want signs and wonders. But nobody wants to step out in faith and get them. Because nobody wants to look foolish. Amen? It was so funny. You know, when we came here, to pioneer this church. And I don't know if you remember when we came here and we were trying to get all, the, all the, the things on our land over here and how much it, you know, we had to fight and we took us three and a half years to fight for the, the use from it. But one of the men that was back here, he's been watching us, you know, and he went to the super board, county, border county supervisors and said, he got up and testified for us. Never been to our church, but he testified for us. He said, hey, he said, let me just tell you guys something. When this young kid came over here and started this church, I thought he had about as much success to, to make this church and, and actually make a church go here as the ports do winning the World Series. You know, the ports, they're, 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 they're an A-ball team. They're not even double-A. They're not even triple-A. You know that. So they're A. Okay, so they're way. He goes, he had as much chance of this church succeeding as, as the ports winning the World Series. He said, but let me just tell you something. We've watched him, and, we've, and I don't know who he was, but he's what he said. We've watched him, and, watched, and, he, and he's here, and he's done, and now you guys are fighting against him because he's raised something up, you know? And then they, turned, they reversed their whole decision. They, they, they voted no at the beginning, then they reversed their whole decision and voted yes, right? I mean, we all saw that. It was a supernatural sign and a wonder, and, uh, you know, praise God for it. But the thing about it, the reason I share that is because you've got to be willing to stand up and say, hey, here it is. Here's what the word of God says. Here's what I believe it is to do. Because God wants to do that. You know what God wants to do? God wants to make you a sign and a wonder. Go to Isaiah. Go to Isaiah. This is a unique scripture. Isaiah 8, 18. I was pondering on this today, and I, did, I wasn't going to share it. Hallelujah. But then the Lord just, he quickened He said, you're a big chicken. Share that. So I'm going to share it. I'm going to let you do your own thought process, your own things about it, because he's talking about this and uh, different things. And, and um, hallelujah. Isaiah said this. He said, behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and wonders 
in Israel from the Lord of hosts, which dwells in the mount, in, which dwelleth in Mount Zion. He said, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and for wonders, the King James says, the New Living Trust for signs and for warnings. In the Amplified Bible, it says for signs and wonders that God wants to do through us to show forth in Israel and, and the Lord of, of uh, heaven's armies, which dwells in Mount Zion. And guess what? You and your children are for signs and wonders. Do you know God gets excited and he loves to show off through you? When's the last time you let God show off through you that God wanted to put on a show? Amen. I mean, God challenges me like that. When's the last time you let me put on a show? I said, well, Lord, let's do it. I mean, I haven't been embarrassed in a while. Let's do this. What do we need to do? Because what, is, what do signs and wonders do? Signs and wonders, they, they, they give infallible proof uh, of the reality of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. Amen? We need miracle signs and wonders. I'm, I mean, I, I read and I'm reading a lot. I always like church history, so I read a lot of things in books. You know, we were talking about something just the other day. And, uh, you know, next year, 1922, next year is going to be 2022. But in 1922, that was when the Great Revival was here in Lodi and Stockton. 100 years ago, Charles S. Price, Amy Simpleton McPherson was here. 10,000 people walking the streets here, praising and worshiping God. 10,000 people underneath the arch that's there in Lodi. They had to build cardboard, uh, uh, cardboard, not cardboard, but actually plywood, uh, big giant things to house everybody. They didn't have churches big enough. And the presence of God and the word of God was in it. You know the funny thing about it? You know what shut them down? The county health shut them down, said that it was a health thing because, you, you know, the flu was coming. And so you guys were going to cause everybody to have the flu. Stop the revival. Wouldn't allow them to meet. Sounds exactly like we're doing it here, huh? All these things. But, you know, and so next year, like I said, it's a hundred year, uh, you know, th- whole thing of it. And if you don't know a lot about that. Pastor Pamela wrote a whole book about that. She's a historian for all of Lodi and all of Stockton's history, church-wise. So she's written a book. It's, it's been published. And I told her we're going to probably publish 100 more just so you guys can have them and read about the revivals, about what took place, what supernatural happened, and all the things there. So, um, you know, so we're going to let, let you know about that. I just thought it might be cool to do some 100-year thing next February. So I told these guys, look out. We might do it. So I'm telling all you, you never know what might happen. I got a lot of friends. So uh, we're going to do that. Amen? But you know what else signs and wonders do? Signs and wonders prove the integrity of God's word in the sense of it working in your life. Amen? And it meets people's needs. And people go, you know what? Wow. And you know the biggest thing that is a sign and a wonder is you loving Jesus? There's a lot of folks out there that look at you and go, I can't believe that that person is actually saved. <laughs> Amen. You know, hallelujah. And we make it, we make it really hard along, along that way there. But see, the number one thing for sign and wonders is because God wants to reach the lost. He wants to get people to stop and look and wonder, wow, only God can do that. Only God can do that. Amen. Hallelujah. When we allow the Holy Spirit to control us and we get dependent upon him, supernatural things begin to happen. Amen? And the wonderful thing is, is that we get to show the devil how great God is through us. Amen? And how many you know we are living in the last days? Go to Acts chapter 2. Let me get this real quick. I'm going to turn it over to Acts chapter 2. Y'all doing okay? 
Hallelujah, I'm just having fun. <laughs> Preaching me happy, so it's all good. Hallelujah. See, God, God said in Acts chapter 2, jump down to verse 19, if you would, with me. <clears throat> He's, and it says this in the King James Version. It says, I will show you wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? Before that, Peter is talking about that, uh, you know, there's a, this is the last day spoken by the prophet Joel, all the things that have happened, all the things that have come to pass. And uh, he begins to share, you know, going to see visions and dreams and all the stuff that we're supposed to be seeing now. Amen? And a lot of people have a lot of different analogies on here. But when the Bible talks about, you know, blood and talks about, vapor of smoke and talks about fire. You know, I like to take the positive side of that instead of the negative side. I know that the earth is going to do. We talked about the blood moon. But on the Holy Ghost side of it, that he's going to come in, thank God for the blood of Jesus. Amen? And it's supernatural power. Because that blood, reason and understand the blood of Jesus is so powerful. And to understand, that's why the blood still speaks today. And that's why when you plead the blood and when you, you know, confess the power that's in that blood, it changes everything. Amen? Hallelujah. And I like vapor of smoke is like the glory and the presence of God being made manifest in our lives because we need to see it even more so. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that there ought to be signs and wonders. There ought to be supernatural things happening that where people, I mean, where, hey, you know, they just, the, the fear of God comes back in. That's where signs and wonders go. It puts the fear of God into people. And we need that again. Because nobody's afraid to say anything against God. Nobody's afraid to say anything against Jesus. Nobody's afraid to say anything against the church. And they ought to be. They ought to be. Sorry, they ought to be. No, I thank God for the way I was raised. Because see, I was raised in the church that preached hell hot. You didn't, you, know, you didn't get mad at God. You didn't start yelling at God. You, he'd make you a greasy spot right there in the carpet, man. Just wipe you out. You didn't do that. No, you had. You were like, no, sir, we're not back talking. That's like back talking your daddy. That's dumb. You know, you didn't get any words out when you start doing that. See, but we got so many people who are not afraid to talk about God. They're not. So where is your God? What about this? Who cares? No, I don't believe in that. I don't like that. It doesn't matter. But see, fire, the fire of the Holy Ghost is what we need in our lives now, the fire. He said blood, vapor, and fire. And I think the fire, is it just stirs our heart that there need to, needs to be a fire on the inside of us. If we get excited about something more, excited about something other thing in the natural than we do about Jesus, something's wrong. Thank you for your overwhelming response. I knew I'd get that too. You know. Because in the middle of all the seasons, middle of everything that's going on, how did it? But here's the thing about it: the fire of God should change our lives. It should change our world. It should change everything about us. Thank God, the Holy Ghost fire should set us free from ourselves. Amen. We get so caught up in what we look like and what are people going to think? Who cares? Who cares? I mean, you look at the natural. When God used fire, He changed people's lives. 
He used fire for Moses. And you know, the bush was burning, but it wasn't being consumed. But you know, nothing was happening until Moses turned and went toward the bush. And when he got close to the bush, that's when God said, take off your shoes because you're standing on holy ground. Amen? Amen. We see, you know, Elijah, he's there. He said, the God that answers by fire, let him be God. Don't you just want to do that? The God that, we're going to watch God do it. God's going to do this. Amen? Hallelujah. And he let the prophets of Baal do their whole thing all day long, and he, and he was mocking them. He said, well, maybe your God's on vacation. Maybe he's going to the bathroom. Maybe he can. I mean, he did. That's what the Bible says. He said, oh, they're mocking him. He said, okay, you guys have had it long enough. He said, come on. And he builds his altar, and he pours water, and he builds these ditches, and he pours water, on it, and he says, okay, God, let's just show him who God is, and whoo, fire falls from heaven. Then you got Elisha. He saw chariots of fire when Elijah was taken up, and Elisha did what, twice as many miracles as Elijah. In fact, Elisha is so powerful that when they, this guy, they had a dead guy, he's dead, these guys are running from the army, they're like, hey, let's just throw him in this hole. They threw him in that hole, happened to be Elisha's grave, and when that dead man hit Elisha's bone, he came up out of the grave alive. And well, don't you know that set them other guys on fire too? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, you know, we see the fire and the power of God that changes our lives. Hallelujah. It changes things, you know. When that's happened, it'll change us. I mean, we see Peter. Peter on the day of Pentecost, he gets, he gets filled with the Holy Ghost. He stops being a blumbering, you know, person here doing it. He steps up and preaches this masterpiece. You know, and what? 5,000 people get saved. Amen? I mean, what a supernatural thing that takes place. See, God has opened up the supernatural. He's opened up the miraculous. He's opened up the truth and the power of the things. And when you have it, you need to know and you need to stand up and declare it. You know, it amazes me. Many times what happens is, I'm going to close when it's 8 o'clock, is that, and that's what I shared with the kids down there. I said, listen. The one thing that we don't want is we don't want you, like I said, to go off to college and then totally let somebody give you all this knowledge and tell you that what you believe is is not good or not right. I never understood that because what I believe was never a part of my mind. It was always a part of my heart. Amen. It was always a part of my heart. It doesn't matter. You know, I love church history. I love all of that stuff. I love to study and do all those things there and just, you know, and and listen to everybody try to disprove the Bible. I do. Because for me, it's comical because I know what it'll do. I know what it'll do. I know that it'll raise the dead. I know that it'll heal my bodies. I know that it'll provide all of my needs. I know that it'll cause me to have the right thinking and the right ways to go. And I know that it brings peace and it brings joy. I know that there's, there's nothing greater than God's word ever. And it, it can't change it as much as you try to change it. Amen. And I know, you know, because the biggest thing is they want to tell you, well, look at this, look at they want to show you. Listen, the church was messed up. The church is still messed up. I mean, I ask the Lord all the time, why did you leave us here to, to do this job? This is crazy. Why didn't you send angels? I mean, you sent angels to help us, but why didn't you just send angels to do it? They'd do a lot better. Because you remember the angel came down to Cornelius' house, but what did the angel say? You got to go and get Peter. He'll tell you words whereby how you can get saved. I'm not allowed to tell you how to get saved. 
Angels don't tell you how to get saved. Angels don't tell you. They, they help you and they do things and they give you, can give you some direction. They can help you. They can show you. But they're not going to get you saved. Amen. We see that in the word of God. So he went and sent for Peter. Peter came down and the gospel started for the Gentile church. Amen. But I was like, Lord, why did you leave it up to us? We're, we're, we're a lost cause. But here's the thing. God has more faith in you than you have in yourself. See, because God chose each and every one of you. God said, you can't come to God unless he chose you. He chose, if you're born again, if you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, God chose you. He, God wanted you. He chose you. He said, man, you're it. You got this. You can do it. Amen. And you can't be like Gideon. Who? Me. You got to be kidding me. But see, God chose you. God chose you. Amen. And when you know that God chose you, you're just like, okay, I'm it. Let's do this. That's the only thing that's really kept me being a pastor all of my, all these years. It's never, because I've always felt so in, inferior for everybody else. I feel everybody else knows so much more than me. But the, the wonderful thing that I know is, is that Jesus loves me and he chose me and he told me to do it. And it's up to him to make it work. He's amazing what he does with me. I mean, I, I'm not a lot to work with, but I thank God. I, I gave him everything I got, you know. That's what I tell people. I say, listen, I may not know much, but everything I know I'm using. <laughs> Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for these amazing folks that are here and those that are watching. Lord, thank you. I just hope tonight, I, my heart tonight was to let them know the word of the Lord is we've got a word of truth. We've got a word of power. We've got a word of supernatural and a word of the miraculous and the signs and wonders that we've got. When we speak, supernatural things happen because God, you have empowered our words to go forth and to bring peace, to bring love, to bring joy, to bring deliverance, to bring what you need in that situation. We can bring it, Father, because you've given it unto us. So Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for Harvest Bible Church. Thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, before we do anything else, we're going to pray for um, a young lady by the name of Katie, right? Her name is Katie. And Katie's 30 years old, and Katie has two children that are young. And Katie is, at this point, uh, you know, they're giving her up to die because of COVID. And she's in there with, and intubated and everything. And we've been praying. We believe in it. It's, uh, you know, uh, Charlene. And her dad here, that's, uh, uh, it's, well, it's his daughter and Charlene's sister. So we are going to believe God right now. We need a miracle. We need a supernatural. We've been believing. There's been some, impre- in, in, there's been some improvement that then it goes back. We need a miracle. We need God to just supernaturally raise her up right now. And that's what we're going to pray. I mean, I've been fighting for her, and I believe for it. And some say, well, what happened? I don't care. I'm not, and, you know, here's the problem. Is everybody's always like, well, what about I don't care. Right now, I'm praying in faith, and I'm believing, and I'm trusting God, and I'm asking him, because there's nothing I can do except ask him. Amen? So let's do that together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up Katie to you right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, you know her heart. You know what's going on in her body. You know what you can. But, Father, you can touch her and raise her up. It's nothing for you to raise the dead. You raised Lazarus after being dead four days. Father, you can raise up Katie right now. You can cause her to breathe on her own. You can cause 
strength to come into that body. We speak life to that body in Jesus' name. We come together in agreement, Father, because we've been asked to. So, Father, I ask you, I ask you for mercy. I ask you for mercy, 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 hallelujah, mercy and grace. And I ask you for your healing power. Just raise her up, Father. Raise her up, hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.